Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Sal Vetri Show. The DFS clip you're about to hear originally aired on my YouTube channel. And before we get into it, you can leave a five-star review. If you can subscribe, download to the podcast, like and share, whatever you have to do, I greatly appreciate that. Helps the podcast out a lot. Helps us reach more people. What I would hope is this beneficial content. So welcome and enjoy. Welcome to the Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 10.39 p.m. We're doing this one at night, p.m. East Coast time. And I'm here to break down the Monday night football showdown slate between the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys going to be in Dallas. Dallas is a six and a half point favorite. Before we break down into this slate with a few hundred thousand dollars to first, just want to introduce myself. My name is Sal Betri. I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, NBA, WNBA, and the MLB streets. We have an NFL slate here. I also have an NBA video that will be out later on today. I'll be up pretty much all night, so I'll be getting that video out as well. You can check that out, five game NBA slate. But for right now, we're in the NFL. Before we get into it, if you could hit the subscribe button on this YouTube channel, helps me out a ton. If you're listening on the audio version of this podcast, also helps me out a ton if you go through there and you hit the subscribe button and you rate and review and you'll be entered into a fantasy draft giveaway for their upcoming for this upcoming Sunday the NFL week 10 slate for their main event contest their biggest contest over there usually around the $25 value just helps me if you rate and review for the podcast boost that up Um, and yes we're, we're continuing to put shows on the audio version very excited about that so we're here, linked up down below is my exclusive content. I will have Patreon tiers out for the showdown slate. I will have all of my normal Patreon content out for the NBA and the NFL uh, this week. So check that out if you're interested. Linked up down below, we're approaching 350 patrons. So it's really awesome. Thank you all so much. My social media accounts are also linked up down below. If you want to play fantasy draft showdown slates, those are also, again, linked up down below. Everything is in the description. Some free strategy guides that are now working. There was a, com- there was a complaint, I guess you can say, but uh, somebody just called out really that they weren't working. Thank you to that person. Um, something went wrong with the account, but now it's all fixed um, that I send those through. So everything's all good. You check out those free strategy guides to learn more about how to play NBA DFS and NFL and or NFL DFS. So showdown slate. Let's get into it. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Comment down below um, anything that you would like about this video or anything that you do like and or who is your who is your favorite captain option tonight? It's an interesting slate. We have yet to really have a slate where there's like, what, five or six running backs in this entire league that are just 85% plus snaps guys that are going to see the far majority, if not every single touch in their backfield, maybe aside from one or two breathers on long runs or long drives. Uh, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you have Saquon Barkley. So a spot where we do not see this usually happen. And as you would expect, probably, and maybe not expect totally, but they're priced about the same. You have $11,600 Ezekiel Elliott, you have $11,400 Saquon Barkley. The big injury news is that you're not going to have Sterling Shepard for this one. So the three wide receiver sets for the Giants are going to continue to be probably Darius Slayton on the outside, the young guy, I believe, out of Auburn. Um, on the outside, on the left, on the right, you're going to have a mixture of Cody Lattimore and Benny Fowler, both guys that have been with this team since the preseason. Fowler has been cut and re-signed. Fowler was somebody that Daniel Jones liked throwing to in the preseason, but again, not really been a major part of this offense so far. And Golden Tate in the slot, who continues to get peppered. And then, of course, Evan Ingram at tight end with a 30 to 40% snaps backing him up, Rhett Ellison. So not the greatest of offenses in terms of weapons, but when you factor in the backfield of Saquon Barkley, the tight end position, like we said, of Evan Ingram, it does become nice, especially if you can see Darius Slayton continue to produce in the way that he has on the outside after having a monster game with two jump ball touchdowns and showing off some speed as well. So that is the offense you're getting. That is the major injury news for the most part on really both of these teams uh, when, you, when you factor in just in offensive weapons and even the defense. So 
Let's just talk about my interest from the top to the bottom. I have, as of right now, for if you're playing just a handful of lineups, 15 players or 14 players in a player pool. Again, if you're playing 150 lineups, you're going to have more than 14 players. You're going to want to include both defenses. I currently do not have them included. You're probably going to want to include a Benny Fowler and maybe a Rhett Ellison and really at at that point get close to around 18 players or so in a player pool. You don't have to go too crazy. This slate is very concise in terms of the... Dallas Cowboys pretty much run three straight wide receivers, like three. That's it. They'll have Tavon Austin in there for 15 to 20% of the snaps. Tavon Austin last game only ran three routes coming off of a bye for this team. So a little bit of an extended bye. So yeah, they really just run one running back with Zeke. I know that Tony Pollard played 20% of the snaps last week, but before that, uh, he only played a combined 17 um, snaps, or actually he played a combined 14 snaps the three prior weeks after playing 20 snaps last week. So it's really just Zeke, those three wide receivers, and Jason Witten. Yes, I also know Blake uh, Jarwin is on this team for Dallas, but he only runs about 10 routes a week uh, when you have Jason Witten healthy. So it's a very concise player pool of players to choose from for Dallas. The Giants, you can say very similar things. Running back, Saquon. Tight end, it's going to be Evan Ingram. I know Rhett Ellison is out there, but he's very similar to Blake Jarwin in terms of he's going to run 10 routes more times than not each week, um, and there's not much upside there. The only difference with the Giants is their fourth wide receiver in Benny Fowler today, or you can say it's going to be Cody Lattimore, whoever it is, that third and fourth wide receiver are kind of up in the air, where for the Cowboys, it's pretty clearly Randall Cobb in the slot and on the outside Gallup and Amari Cooper. So a very concise pool of offenses here. And it makes it a little bit easier to choose an overall player pool for a slate. Obviously, things can get wonky. And Dalton Schultz, who runs like no routes last week and has run like four or five routes a week, can find his way into the end zone. Uh, But that's what a showdown slate is. You try and take out as much variance as you can. It's very hard to do that. But if you have a player pool that makes sense, I think it helps a little bit. So with that said... Uh, you have at the top of my interest boards, and this is not in any ranking order. The rankings will be on Patreon later today. Again, you can subscribe to the Patreon linked up down below if you're interested. Uh, you check out what's all over there. Lots of descriptions on the packages and or just looking at the homepage and kind of being describing what Patreon is if you've never really heard of it. But Ezekiel Elliott, 11,600. Yes, I have interest. He's a six and a half point home favorite coming off of a buy. Dallas Cowboys have the fourth best run blocking advantage on the entire weekend including Thursday, including all the games on Sunday, of course, and then this game itself. Fourth best run blocking advantage out of the 28 teams that are playing this week. That's pretty good. You can project Zeke to see 22 plus touches in a spot like this, and the Giants are allowing the eighth most rushing and eighth most receiving yards. Zeke is going to play 80 plus percent of the snaps, even if Tony Pollard continues to play, and I say continues very lightly because he only played 20 snaps last week. Again, seven or 14 combined snaps of three previous weeks. Um, I do think Zeke is in a spot where he'll see 20 plus touches here at the low end, 11,600 when you're factoring in his price point compared to Saquon's. I think I'm going to take the six and a half point home favorite. Um, a little bit more and more times than not over Saquon Barkley. Amari Cooper at $10,000. I I like this entire passing game. I like this entire offense for Dallas because the Giants defense has been very poor, especially their passing defense. And then when you factor in a six and a half point favorite, it's hard not to like Zeke. So the entire offense looks good here. Um, the only one I might not like is Dak because he's just he's going to be at the mercy of all these other guys if they do well and they're priced up. It's really hard to envision Dak doing well without a rushing touchdown or two. But Amari Cooper at $10,000 is likely to see Janoris Jenkins, who's actually been performing well as of late. Uh, earlier in the year, he's given up so far this season 24 receptions, 362 yards, and three touchdowns. But he also has four picks. And he's performed much better over the last two or three weeks or so, but Amari Cooper's borderline um, unguardable. Like Jair Alexander and Xavier Howard, two of the better quarterbacks in this league, two of the better but top 20 cornerbacks in this league, uh, were no match for Amari Cooper, the only guy who somewhat shut him down. And Jalen Mills coming out of his injury looked really good, and Amari Cooper still is just catching balls over him. The only guy who somewhat shuts down Amari, and Amari still catches like five balls for 60 yards or five balls for 50 yards, uh, was Marcus Marshawn Lattimore, who's been performing very well this season. So Amari at $10,000, it's too cheap of a price point. 
The concern is they're six and a half point favorites and Dak might only throw like 28 times, 30 times in this game. That being said, though, it's a really good matchup. The guy I like even more and the guy I like more so than Amari is Michael Gallup. 7,400. You get to save $2,600 for a guy who's going to run just as many routes as Amari Cooper. Um, Probably has by far the better matchup. Right now, DeAndre Baker is the worst cornerback in the league if you factor in passer rating. 153.6 pass rating. I've never seen one that high, uh, over 140 range. Uh, 153.6 is the highest in the league against him for any cornerback playing more than 40 coverage snaps. 40 coverage snaps is pretty much one game. So any cornerback that has played more than one game so far this season out of the nine weeks that we're pretty much through right now, he is by far the worst. He has given up 510 yards and five touchdowns this season. Now he gets Michael Gallup, who's just been absolutely shredding. Michael, Michael Gallup, Gallup's honestly on this type of a slate, like $1,400 too cheap. I like Michael Gallup, um, honestly, the most when you factor in his price point, he makes for a very good captain. Golden Tate coming out of the slot. The slot's been the favorite target of a guy like Daniel Jones since the preseason. Well, there was Sterling Shepard there the first couple weeks of the season when Golden Tate was still on his suspension. Since then, it's been Golden Tate. You're either going to get Anthony Brown if he comes back and is healthy. If not, you're going to get Jordan Lewis. You hope that it's Anthony Brown. He has not been performing that well in the slot for the Cowboys. Jordan Lewis in a very two-game sample, one-and-a-half-game sample, has been performing well. Either way, though, it's a spot that should be peppered with targets and $6,800 is a fair price point. Randall Cobb is very cheap at 4800 and he gets to face one of the worst slot cornerbacks in the league in Grant Haley. Haley has allowed 31 receptions for an eight. 86% completion percentage against him. 31 receptions on 36 targets for 353 yards and a touchdown. Cobb will run 25-point routes, 25.3 routes per week out of the slot, and 88% of his overall snaps come from the slot. So at 4,800, he's a nice play that is a lot cheaper than a lot of these other guys who, again, it's 11. He, he's only going to be on the field in 11 personnel, right? Three wide receiver sets when they need a slot wide receiver, which might not be as often this game. They might opt to just go with more Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten and just run the ball more if they are leading. So he becomes a little bit of a risk there, but the price point kind of counts it in. My final yes here is going to be my sixth yes, which is Daniel Jones. And I don't have a ton of conviction. He probably leans more towards an X, which for me is a maybe if you're new here. It's just when you factor in that a quarterback is needed about 85% of the time on these showdown slates, just because of the opportunity that they have, and they are in just a winning lineups that often, that I do prefer Daniel Jones over Dak Prescott. It's not based on skill. I would rather take Dak. It's just based on the fact that you're saving $2,400 off of Dak. And if Dak's weapons go off that he's throwing to, right, Michael Gallup at a favorable price point of 7400 Amari Cooper at ten k, and or Ezekiel at 11600 it's very hard to envision Dak being needed there because he's so expensive. The way that Dak is needed in a winning lineup is if nobody else really does anything. Zeke doesn't do anything on the ground. Daniel Jones doesn't do anything. And then Dak has a rushing touchdown or he just spreads the ball out completely. Otherwise, I don't see that happening. And as a six and a half point favorite, I think that I trust and really maybe not trust is not the best word, but I'd rather believe that Daniel Jones has the better passing script here and has to throw the ball close to 35 to 40 times, whereas Dak is probably going to be throwing it closer to 30 times. And really, if he does anything well, it's going to be guys like Amari and Gallup that are needed in the winning lineup. And then it's really hard to fit Dak in and seeing that lineup actually gel together properly. So it's just it's just a pricing thing. Daniel Jones becomes a price play here. You get a $2,400 savings off of Dak for what is likely the higher volume QB here. And honestly, not the worst of spots. Byron Jones on the outside has been okay, but the secondary, um, has not been that great. They did not get Jamal Adams as much as they wish they, wish they did. Xavier Woods has been good, but the other uh, safety, Jeff Heath, has not been good in the slot cornerback position, although Jordan Lewis has been good there as of late. Still not the greatest. So um, yeah, it's a spot where 
Daniel Jones has an okay matchup for the price point, and we know he has rushing upside, so he is an interest of mine. He is the quarterback that I prefer. Saquon Barkley is a maybe next to him. Look, realistically, he should be a Y. He should be a yes, but when you're choosing between one of these two running backs, and honestly, you could probably choose them both if you want to go through that route. I'd rather just choose a six and a half point favorite in Zeke. Saquon so showed his receiving game, probably his best receiving game last time out. It's a nev- negative run blocking script for him as a six and a half point underdog. Again, I prefer Zeke. Saquon seeing 21.4 opportunities per game, but 6.8 targets per game. So that's obviously where the upside comes from. He's game flow independent no matter what. No matter what, even if they're trailing by a touchdown or two, he's still going to have upside. And he's facing a team in Dallas that allows eight receptions per game to the running back position. Good spot for Saquon. Evan Ingram is my second interest in the Giants passing game behind Golden Tate that we talked about. But Ingram has himself a really good matchup. When he's going down the field, which he's a tight end who does, has one of the highest A dots in air yards um, per target for any tight end in the league, he's going to get Jeff Heath, who we talked about a little bit earlier, has been struggling in man-to-man coverage. And in zones, Evan Ingram is, is really just like a zone buster, as most tight ends are, especially the next guy up who I have some interest in, Jason Witten. $5,200 Jason Witten is running the most routes that he's run in a while. He's going to have a neutral matchup in man coverage down the field against Jabril Peppers, who's been pretty solid this year. But the main thing is Jason Witten is a zone killer. He's been a zone killer his entire career. He'll sit down in the zone for eight-yard receptions around the first down marker, and then he always has touchdown upside. So Slayton is the bigger upside play. Uh, Darius Slayton, the guy in the Giants on the outside, the young player, the run- young wide receiver, he's going to be the bigger upside play for $200 less, but Witten's going to pro- pro- provide you with more consistency. Pretty much as da- if Darius Slayton doesn't catch a 30-plus yard catch that hopefully finds his way into the end zone, he's probably going to end up more times than not in this type of a game with four catches for like 45 yards. If he doesn't hit that big one for 30 plus yards and gets in the end zone, right? That's a big difference for Slayton. Whereas Jason Witten, you could rely on a Jason Witten game somewhere in the four catches for 40 yards as sort of a floor right around there. And then he has a touchdown upside and he has the upside to catch six balls for 60 yards, right? So very much a consistency thing at this price point. I like Jason Witten. I think Darius Slayton's also in a fine price point, but he does find himself in a difficult matchup. Again, he will be starting on the outside for Sterling Shepard, who continues to not be cleared. I think the concussion protocol, but is not going to be playing once again. Byron Jones on the outside is a speedy um, outside cornerback who should be able to keep up with Darius Slayton. And then it just comes down to if Slayton can win jump balls. And this is a much more difficult matchup than Slayton than he saw in the past week. It's a hard price to ignore, though, for the upside that Slayton possesses. Uh, next up are the two kickers. I have the same statement here. So disclaimer, if you're new to the podcast or to the channel, kickers are fine to play. I recommend just playing one as rostering both as a long-term EV uh, negative EV move, in my opinion. What is EV? Expected value. It means if you make a decision today, you are pretty much you are pretty much making decisions every single day that are going to add up to you winning at the end of the day. So when you're deciding on a like specific player in your DraftKings lineup, it's not really deciding for that day in theory. It's deciding if I make this decision every single time and I stay consistent with what I think is an optimal decision, a year from now, if I look back, I will be making money, I will be profiting. Instead of just trying to analyze it at the player level, you're analyzing it at a decision and process level. So making positive ED EV decisions, and if you make a ton of them over the long term, you'll be making more than your opponents and in DraftKings, you'll be winning more money, right? Uh, Compared to just rostering two kickers in your lineup, Yes, you can say, oh, but Sal, the one time that I bink and win 50K, um, well, then that covers all my losses. Yeah, but it's just negative EV. You trying to roster a kicker, come back to me when you win the 50K. And also, yes, if you're the one who does that, just know that there's 49,000 other people out there that are, or maybe even more, that are rostering two kickers and will never profit in showdown because of that strategy. So I do believe it is negative EV over the long term, even over the entire group when you factor in the person that is winning. But if you look at it that way, I mean, showdown in general is negative EV. So um, what are we really doing here? We're 
just trying to analyze it. Um, so last up is Cody Lattimore at $800. Look, he's going to be the Giants' number three receiver without Sterling Shepard, and for some reason he's $800. It could be Benny Fowler this week. They're really splitting snaps the last couple of weeks. Who's seeing the more routes run? Last week it was Cody Lattimore running 26 routes. Whereas last week you did see Benny Fowler just run 15 routes and play close to 30% of the snaps. Cody Lattimore played a little bit more in the 40s. They have a pretty strict three wide receiver sets for their other spots, right? Darius Slayton's going to be on the outside, Tate in the slot, and then it's going to be split up between Cody Lattimore and Benny Fowler. There's a chance, and he should probably play more snaps than Cody Lattimore, but if it is Benny Fowler, Benny Fowler's double the price, and it's not going to be by that much more. So either way, I prefer Cody Lattimore here. It's not high upside. If Cody Lattimore catches three balls for 30 yards for you, you're ecstatic, but there's a really good chance that Cody Lattimore's upside is honestly three targets, so you would have to catch all of them. Three balls for 30 yards is six fantasy points and i think you take that on a showdown slate where he's eight hundred dollars and that is three thousand dollars and thirty two hundred dollars less than the kickers who if they get you six points that's pretty close to their median so uh, cody Lattimore, six points is nowhere near his median it, it, it might be we'll see we we'll see what happens when some projections release but it's probably somewhere around four points for his median um that being said eight hundred dollars is a fine price point and that's where i'm at those are my 14 interests today i don't really have an interest in a defense i think the cowboys are priced up to a point where i'd rather just pay for jason witten and or darius slayton in the 5k range um um, Tony Pollard, again, I don't want to be playing him. He's played only 34 combined snaps the last four weeks, and 20 of those were last week. Tavon Austin is likely to see, at best, 20% of the snaps. He did not. He only ran three routes last week. So, at best, Tavon Austin's upside is like two targets or two touches. Giants defense is very cheap, 2600 It's just one of the worst pass rush options this week. Dak's rarely making mistakes because he stands behind a very good offensive line. That makes it hard for him to make mistakes, and he's mobile, so he can extend some plays, and he can just rush for three or four yards instead of throwing it away and or getting strip-sacked and or making a bad throw because he's rushed. He can rely on his legs, and then you factor in the Giants are not generating much of a pass rush, so it's really hard to see him making those types of mistakes, especially a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. It's really hard for defense to cover that. Um, something fluky can happen, right? They can have a, a fumble off of a punt return and return it for a touchdown, whatever it might be, right, or have a punt return for a touchdown. So defenses are in play if you're entering a ton of lineups, but for this type of a video, not going to really get into it. Blake Jarwin only averaging 11.3 routes run per week and 39% of the overall snaps this season. I don't want to pay $2,000 for that. Wayne Gallman's a backup running back who's lucky to see 15% of the snaps in three to four touches. I'm not interested. Benny Fowler at 1600 He is in play. Like if I played 150 lineups, Benny Fowler would definitely be in the player pool, but for this video, just going to keep him out and prefer Cody Lattimore there. Rhett Ellison is averaging around 10 routes run per week. He's run 20 total routes since Evan Ingram has been back the last two weeks. I would kind of expect that trend to continue. No real upside there outside of maybe a touchdown dart throw like you saw the last time out for him. And then Dalton Schultz so far, 11 routes uh, run the three games combined before the last game um, where he put, well, he played Last game, 16 snaps, but zero routes run. So he's pretty much a blocking tight end. And then he only played 11 snaps, the three games combined before that. So Dalton Schultz is off the radar. Uh, again, not really a guy I want to play. So that's everything. Those are all the viable plays. There is 23 guys that I actually have listed. And out of those 23, 14 I have is a yes or a maybe, which means they're in a player pool right now for me. Again, if you were to play 150 lineups, I would throw both defenses into there. I'd probably throw Benny Fowler into there and then maybe Tavon Austin, but that's about it. So you probably at most have about 18 players in your player pool. I feel pretty good about that. Right now I have 14 in here. In terms of yeses, I have six. My six yeses once again are Ezekiel Elliott, for the people on the audio version who can't see the video, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Golden Tate, Randall Cobb, and Daniel Jones. My maybes are Saquon Barkley, Dak, Evan Ingram, Jason Witten, Darius Slayton, both kickers, Aldrich Rosas, and Brett Meyer, Maher. 
uh, and then Cody Lattimore. So thank you for tuning into this podcast and YouTube video. Hit the subscribe button before you leave. And if you could leave a five-star rate and review, I really appreciate that in the audio version. It's by far the biggest thing you can do to support me. So if you enjoy my work, I really appreciate if you can do that. Um, the biggest free thing I guess you can do to support me. You can also go head over to Patreon if you are interested in my exclusive content. Lots of stuff. I have a podcast on Friday about ownership for the NFL, Sunday morning closing thoughts, our Saturday awesome exclusive live stream only, or awesome I said, uh, our Saturday, I do have an awesome live stream on Saturday at 11 uh, a.m. So I'm used to saying that, but our Saturday Patreon exclusive live stream um, is over there on Saturdays. Closing thoughts on Patreon is on Sundays. Friday ownership show is for patreon as well and then tons of data throughout the week my projections my key stats for each position my game by game notes release on thursdays which are about 15 pages and already up right now is the game logs tar- targets and touches and snap counts will be added tomorrow so lots of stuff um it's a lot to digest but appreciate it if you want to check it out it'll be linked up in the podcast and or video version description of this show so thank you for tuning in hit the subscribe button follow me on twitter at salvage dfs and follow me on instagram at salvage uh, my name is sal you already know it said it a couple times right there best of luck peace out gang I hope you enjoyed that podcast. And before you go, if I can get you to subscribe and follow the podcast, download a few if you wish. But if you enjoyed this podcast, if you could please subscribe, helps me out, helps support it. So thank you so much. And I will see you in the next one.